3: Recorded live.
2: Hi, Jack One Two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is Jam Radio Network.
4: Jesus was, oh, when he was, when Jesus was, he walked the same way. So, oh, happy day. A happy day. Oh, happy day. Oh, a happy day. Oh, happy day. Happy day, oh, happy day, oh a happy day.
5: Good morning. This is your early morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations. Our
3: morning scripture is coming from the first division of Psalms. Which reads Blessed is the man that walketh not in counsel of the ungodly, but standeth in the way of sinners. I could do it this way. I'll... Mm -hmm. Here it is, Psalms 1. Blessed blessed,
5: blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of, of the ungodly, nor standeth in the, sea, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of, of the scornful, but his life is in the law of the Lord, and in his law do he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of the water that bring forth his fruit in his season his leaves also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper the angalia not so like the shaft which the wind driveth away therefore ungodly should not stand in judgment for sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord love the way
3: of the righteous, the way of the ungodly. word of God for the people of God sounds one in its entirety.
6: in your bones way down in the fibers of your
4: soul stretch your hands toward heaven
5: Our way, and we lift up those who are listening to us live in the web podcast. We lift up those, Lord, who are in need this morning. We lift up those who are suffering from um, all sorts of problems, and, and colds, and bronchitis, and asthma. We lift them up well, but we lift up those who are you for those who who have these these physical ailments laid before you at the cross. We know that by your stripes you will be healed. by your stripes, Lord, will be delivered. And we thank you. We know that, we know that, Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name to touch you in the name of Jesus. Lord, those, Lord, who are homeless, remember by our seniors, and nursing homes, those, Lord, who lost a loved one, the blessed families, Lord, lost to go on, Lord. Remember Greg Laurie is next. See, it's There's always going to be people
7: that will do better than you. There's always going to be someone prettier than you. Deal with it. There's always going to be someone more successful than you. Accept
2: it. Comparison is always dangerous. Envy even more so. Pastor Greg Laurie has an important warning today.
7: Shakespeare called envy... The green eyed monster. You want to be a miserable person, be an envious person, be a jealous person. This is the day when the lots of
2: Will tell you how to lose weight, like so-and-so. Another, how to have hair, like who in the world is that. The TV shows extol who's the biggest loser, the best dancer, and whether we're smarter than a fifth grader. No wonder we're so insecure. Today on the New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie warns us about envy and jealousy. Well, see, it's a problem that dates back to the very beginning, to the Garden of Eden.
7: the things that we do why are we always fighting and warring and having conflict after conflict well there's many answers that could be offered but we'll find the biblical and accurate answer in the text before us now as a part of this series that we're calling the greatest stories ever told now you've heard the expression raising Cain." this is where it came from (laughs) you're going to find out a little bit about this boy Genesis chapter 4, now Adam knew Eva's wife. She conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was the keeper of sheep, but Cain was the tiller of the ground. In the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fast. And the Lord respected Abel in his offering, but he did not respect Cain in his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? Now the Lord gives an ominous warning in Genesis 4, 7. God says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now things start, happily enough. Uh, Adam and Eve have their first child. I oh, understand this is the first pregnancy. And the first son comes, and they name him Cain. By the way, the name Cain means acquired. It can also be translated, I've gotten him. So she was very excited. Now her second child is born, and she named him, verse 2, Abel. Abel means frail. And it would appear also that Adam and Eve favored Cain over Abel, and this produced problems. Well, one day they come and bring their offerings. God accepted Abel's offering. The weakling's offering was accepted, while the superstar, here he is, his offering is rejected. Why? Cain's offering wasn't rejected because of his offering. His offering was rejected because of Cain. Verse 5 says, God did not respect Cain in his offering. And he lovingly reaches out to Cain with this question. Verse 6. Why are you so angry? It's, you know, hey, buddy, what, what's up here? I mean, problem developing. What are you so upset about? Why are you so angry? His true colors. We're beginning to show. He's trying to draw him out. Here's what Cain should have said: I'm angry because you accepted my brother's offering and not mine, and it's not fair. (laughs) That's what it was. And I'm proud, and I'm jealous, and I'm envious. If he would have just said that, it would have been the truth. But interestingly, Cain does not respond to God. He obeys. So God gives him a stern warning in verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, Cain, sin lies at your door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Sin lies at your door. A better translation is sin is crouching at your door, and it's ready to pounce. Sin is crouching at your door too. And for some, it's already across the threshold. Now, what that particular sin is may vary from person to person. Uh, One person is not necessarily weak in the same area that another person is. So we have to be careful. We have to keep our guard up. And when Satan knocks at my door, I say, Jesus, would you mind getting that? Because I'm no match for the devil. Oh, but you're a preacher, so I'm no match for the devil. I need Jesus to give me the strength. I need to stay as close to the Lord as I possibly can. You know, in Ephesians 6, a lot is said about the various pieces of armor we are to wear in this spiritual battle, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shield of faith, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. But before any of that is said... We are told in Ephesians 6, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So what did it say? Hey, even before you put your armor on, realize you need to stay as close to the Lord as you possibly can. If we will master sin, we must first be mastered by him who mastered it. Surrender ourselves to God. But Cain did not do that. He was not mastered by God, so now he will become enslaved By the devil. And we see sin mastering Cain in many ways. We don't know exactly what caused him to murder his brother, but I think it's safe to say envy and jealousy played a part. You know, interestingly, envy is not to just admire something. Sometimes we'll say, Oh, I envy you. You're going on vacation. You know, we don't necessarily mean that in the worst sense of the word. It's not a bad thing to admire something that someone else has or a relationship. Envy is to be angry when someone else has something that you don't have. Actually, a literal definition of envy is a malignant or hostile feeling. So it's not just, hey, man, you have a lot. Wow, that's really great. Wish I had that. No, it's more like, I'm actually angry with you that you have those things and I don't have them. We don't necessarily envy someone that we perceive as greater than us. I mean, you probably don't get up in the morning and go, I hate Bill Gates. Because he created Microsoft. No, because, because you're an Apple person. No, no, you know, because he's so wealthy and I don't have his wealth and I, No, no, you don't envy him because you'll never rise to the level of a Bill Gates. So you don't get up if you're a musician and say, I hate Eric Clapton, such an awesome guitar player and I'll never be as good. No, you know, you'll never be as good. Now you don't envy people like that. We tend to envy those we think of as equals. Envy has been defined as a small town sin. It breeds on proximity. See, so we don't envy someone that's huge and successful. We envy our neighbor. We envy a brother, a sister, a coworker, someone that's worked at the job as long as we work and they get the promotion and we don't. I hate that. I heard the story of a crab fisherman who uh, never needed a top for the basket he carried his crabs in. Someone asked him, well, how is it you don't need a top? Don't the crabs crawl out? He says, oh, not a problem. The moment one crab crawls out, the others reach up and pull him back down in. Funny. We can be that way, too. Hey, we're fine as long as we're all equal. We're all on the same playing field. But if one begins to succeed, if one gets opportunity we think we should have got, if one has something wonderful happen for them, we want to pull them back down again. That's what happened to Cain. Victor Hugo said the wicked envy and hate. It's their way of admiring. It's also been said envy shoots in another and wounds itself. You want to be a miserable person, be an envious person, be a jealous person, and you'll give a foothold to the devil as Cain did, and you'll face repercussions. Now, let's see what happened to Cain. Genesis 4, verse 8. Now, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass her in the field. Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and he killed him. And the Lord said to Cain, Where's Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? You ever wonder where that phrase came from? There it is. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you're cursed from the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive and a vagabond, you will be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I'll be hidden from your face. I'll be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone that finds me will kill me. The Lord said to him, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain lest anyone finding him should kill him. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod on the east of Eden. So God has a question for Cain. Verse 9, where is your brother? Cain bitterly responds, how am I supposed to know? Am I my brother's keeper? This is the first blatant lie and the first human question in the Bible. The lie was Cain's denial that he knew his brother's whereabouts. He knew perfectly well. But, of course, he had been mastered by sin at this point. And he not only lies, but he lies to God. And more to the point, he lies to God's face. God is somehow communicating directly with Cain. He's talking to the Lord himself, and he's lying to God. How am I supposed to know? He knew where he was. God says, what are you talking about? I hear your brother's blood crying from the ground. And now God puts his curse on Cain in verses 11 to 12, telling him he will be a vagabond in a fugitive. But Cain protests and says, oh, this is more than I can handle. My punishment is more than I can bear. But I want you to notice something about Cain. He never repented of his sins. He only expressed remorse and regret, but no repentance. We often confuse the two. Remorse is being sorry for the consequences of your sin. Repentance is being sorry enough to stop it. The Bible says godly sorrow produces repentance. So let's say you go out and break the law. You know, you go out and you drink and you drive and you get pulled over for a DUI. (laughs) You're so sorry. Why are you sorry? And I got caught. You know why I can tell you're not really sorry? Because you go out and. Do it again. See, but if you're really sorry, you'd never do it again. And you would learn your lesson, and you would repent of that sin. But the problem is we're sorry when we face consequences. We're sorry because now I have to face the music, so to speak. And that was the case with Cain, and that is the case with a lot of people. And the Bible actually warns us about the way of Cain. Jude 1.11 says, Woe to them! So they've gone in the way of Cain. What is the way of Cain? We're going to close with this now. The way of Cain is to worship God with impure motives. Remember, Cain brought his offering, but he didn't bring it in faith. And as I already pointed out, it doesn't matter how great your gift may be. If your heart is wrong, it's going to mean nothing. Number two, the way of Cain is to have a heart and life that is filled with jealousy, envy, and hatred. Listen, there's always going to be people that will do better than you. There's always going to be someone, girl, prettier than you. Deal with it. Guy, there's always going to be someone more successful than you. Accept it. There's always going to be someone more intelligent than you. You can't be the top dog. Sorry. So are you going to just go through life frustrated and filled with jealousy and envy? Or are you going to say, God, look, everything that I have is a gift from you anyway, and I want to thank you for it. And I don't want to destroy my life through envy and jealousy because I recognize those things are actually sins before you. And if left undealt with, they can actually become deadly as they were in the case of Cain and Abel. And number three, the way of Cain is to lie to God about what you have done. Listen, there's only one way to deal with sin and God, and that is to tell the truth, because God knows anyway. God knows. He knew what Cain was about to do. He warned him. He said, listen, man, you got to get control of this. Sin is like a crouching beast ready to pounce on you. You've got to master it, man. Don't. Be vulnerable. Yeah, well, I don't have to listen to you. And he went off and did what he thought he should do and sin pounced on him and consumed him and mastered him just as God said it would. And it's the same for all of us as well. So maybe God speaks to us, and I hope we'll listen. You know, sometimes God will speak to us as we just open up the Bible and a verse will jump off the page. Sometimes God will speak to a preacher. I'll tell you one thing. A lot of times when I prep a message, I have certain ideas I've written down, but there are thoughts that come and things that I say that were not prepared remarks. and I believe the Lord gives me those things for people that are listening to the message. And amazingly, I don't know how God sorts us all out, but to people that will hear the message later on the radio somewhere or on our television program. Someone will hear a message I gave a year ago, and it will speak to them. So, look. It comes down to this. God's word will not return void. I have confidence in it, but the Lord will speak to a preacher, and the Lord will speak to a friend. He's speaking through a person to you. I hope you're listening. Because the way of Cain can lead to the curse that came upon Cain. Don't walk in that way. Instead, walk in the way of Abel. Hebrews 11:4 says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and though he being dead, yet he still speaks. In the words of the great theologian Stephen Tyler, <laughs> walk this way. <laughs> the way of Cain leads to death. The way of Cain leads to misery. The way of Cain leads to a curse. The way of Abel leads to blessing. That's the way that we want to walk. And in closing, maybe there are some of you that are walking away from God. Maybe you've been giving a foothold to the devil. Maybe you have an area in your life where you know you're vulnerable right now, and you've even begun to stumble and fall in that area. And think of this as a warning from your loving Heavenly Father. You're saying, listen, I'm warning you because I care about you. Don't do that. Sin is... Crouching at your door, waiting to pounce. Don't play games with it. Don't think you're so strong you can overcome it on your own because you can't. But stay as close to the Lord as you possibly can. You know, one of the things that concerns me is when people will ask questions like this. Can you still be a Christian and do fill-in-blank here? That question bothers me. Because effectively I'm saying... How far can I go and still be saved? When the real question ought to be, since I am saved, how close can I get to the Lord? Don't be on the edge. Be as close to the Lord as you can be. Don't be skating on the thin ice. Stay close to the Lord in fellowship with him. Maybe some of you are not doing that. Well, listen, here's the good news. God forgives. If Cain would have admitted his sin, God would have forgiven him. But he wouldn't even admit he had done anything wrong. He wouldn't come clean. Uh, his parents, Adam and Eve, uh, at first they they blamed others, but ultimately they admitted they had sinned. Did you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? I told you not to eat of. They yeah, yeah, we did, okay. But Cain lied to God. He wouldn't even admit that he had sinned. So it was even worse, you see. And don't lie because you can't fool God. God knows the truth. Just tell him the truth. I've done this. I'm sorry. I'm wrong. And I turn from it. And God will forgive you. And he will give you a second chance. And if necessary, a third one. And if necessary, a fifth one. He is a God of mercy and forgiveness. But you must admit your sin and turn from it and come to him. And if you've not done that yet, do it now. Because 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin. And he paid the price for you. And he absorbed God's wrath in your place. And he rose again from the dead. And he will forgive you if you'll turn from your sin and put your faith in him right now. Let's pray. Father, I pray for any that have joined us now who may not yet know you. Lord, would you help them to see their need for you? and help them to come to you and receive your forgiveness, we would ask. Amen.
2: Pastor Greg Laurie with an important closing prayer. And if you'd like to make a change in your relationship with the Lord today, Pastor Greg will come back in just a moment to help you do that. But if you'd like this complete presentation on CD, get in touch and mention the title, The Green-Eyed Monster. It's part of Pastor Greg's series, The Greatest Stories Ever Told. We'll be glad to help you with your order if you'll call 1-800-821-3300. 1-800-821-3300. Or take care of all the details online at harvest.org. Pastor Greg, your new book, Every Day with Jesus, gives us the opportunity to spend time with the Lord consistently. Mm -hmm. And we have a group of listeners who help us with their gifts consistently. Right. And we're sort of marrying both of those ideas together right now. We want to make the book available to thank our Harvest partners.
7: Yeah, we really do, Dave. You know, it's a relationship that we enter into, a friendship. We become a part of a family. And you help us to reach other people. Just like any business, we have expenses. We have to purchase airtime. We have to produce these programs, and then they're aired around the country. You know, it's funny. People will sometimes say, uh, call this radio station and tell them to put your program on the air. I want to hear you where I am. Well, it's not like we randomly call radio stations. We purchase time to put this program on the air. How do we pay for that time? We pay for that time by the gifts that are given to us by our listeners. So if our program is in your area and you are blessed by it, maybe you're even dependent upon it. Maybe it's a part of your day, or maybe you use it as a resource to reach friends, those that don't know the Lord especially. Well, if you want to see this continue on, if this friendship is going to continue to grow, then you need to pray for us and you need to give financially so we can continue on. And then we're able to also, as people give, to consider going into new areas and expanding uh, this ministry to people who have never heard it before. So we have a great resource for you this particular month that Dave's going to tell you about to remind you of the importance of supporting Harvest Ministries. And let me just
2: say in advance, thanks for that. Yeah, that's right. And the resource we'd like to send your way to thank you for your donation right now is Pastor Greg's brand-new devotional resource called Every Day with Jesus. It's a collection of his best devotional thoughts, all assembled in a beautiful leather book with a ribbon marker to help you mark your place. It's the perfect resource to have on hand for the new year and your fresh commitment to a daily quiet time with the Lord. So get in touch with your contribution, and be sure to ask for Every Day with Jesus. Our mailing address is a new beginning, Box 4000, riverside california 92514 or call us at 1-800-821-3300 1-800-821-3300 well just a few moments ago pastor greg was talking about the importance of getting our hearts right with the lord and if you'd like to do that right now pastor greg wants to help you why don't you pray this prayer with me
7: right now mean it from your heart and god will hear you just pray this with me now Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin and rising again from the dead. Now be my Savior, be my Lord, and be my friend. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to be your disciple from this time forward. I turn from my sin and I turn to you by faith. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Just a simple prayer, but if you meant it, God heard you. And he can start changing you. And we want to help you to know what it is to live the Christian life. We put together some materials in a little packet that we call the New Believers Growth Packet. And we'll send it to you at no charge. So if you'll write it here at a new beginning, we will gladly send it
2: in the mail. And God bless you. You have made the right decision. And to get those materials, Pastor Greg just mentioned, contact us and ask for the New Believers Growth Packet. We'll be glad to send them your way upon request. And here's our mailing address, A New Beginning, Box 4000, Riverside, California, 92514. Or call us at 1-800-821-3300, 1-800-821-3300. What does the story of Noah have to do with end times prophecy? Well, next time, we'll see there's a direct connection we often overlook. Join us next time for more from Pastor Drake's series, the greatest stories ever told.
4: You're listening to the jam radio network.
8: Village was built for immigrant workers at the Kohler Company, known for its innovative bath fixtures. Walter J. Kohler believed his workers deserved not only wages, but roses as well. He built them homes, a school, a meeting hall, and with the designers of New York Central Park, he added beautiful gardens. One of the nation's first planned communities remains one of its finest. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Walter Kohler didn't stop at safe working conditions and adequate wages. He knew that souls also need beauty. All three contribute to the high calling of our daily work.
1: For more information, visit ourdailywork.org.
9: My name is Dale Pazinski. I'm 19 years old, and this is how I live United. I've always been kind of a computer geek, and I found a way to use those skills to help the homeless in my community. For people facing hard times, computer skills and a basic resume are so important. It may seem like a small thing, but it makes a huge difference in people's lives. So with United Way, I created a program where I work with the homeless. Together, we go through their whole job history, write a resume, and then save it on their very own USB drive. We provide workbooks and training certificates. I even budgeted for cupcakes, So we can celebrate as a class when one of our people gets a job. That's huge. When somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. That's what living United feels like to me. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just
8: wear the shirt, I live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
0: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Communities improve. The path to success starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader. Tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
8: This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
6: Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to introduce a man who needs no introduction. His credits are too long to live. He has done the impossible time after time. He has. In Bethlehem, Jerusalem, by way of heaven. His mother is still headlining in the Catholic Church today. His daddy is the author of a book that has been on the bestseller list since the beginning of time. He holds the record for the world's greatest fish fry, He fed 5,000 hungry souls with two fish, five loaves of bread. He can walk on water, turn water into wine, no special effects, no camera tricks. He has a head shot Even before the kings of comedy, he was hailed, the king of all kings, ruler of the universe, alpha and omega, beginning and the end, the bright and the moaning star. Some say he's the rose of sheriff, and some say he's the prince of peace. Get up on your feet. Put your hands together and show your love for the second coming of the one and only.
5: your early morning gospel program. Those were the blind boys of Alabama and Soldier. Continue now with Carmen at Arno Champion on p.m. on Morning Springs and race, point One. 21.
1: when they say that coral is one of the earlier creatures on the evolutionary timeline. This is the Creation Moments Minute. If evolution were fact, you would expect the corals to be very simple. You'd also expect them to have changed a lot in over half a billion evolutionary years. However, corals are not simple creatures. The stinger they use to immobilize prey is very complex. At one end of the stinging capsule is a poker covered by a protective cap. At the other end is a hollow tube, coiled like a rope. The capsule itself is filled with a powerful poison coral is surprisingly complex to be so near the bottom of the evolutionary ladder in addition the earliest corals in the fossil record are the same as those found today so again the scientific evidence fits well with the biblical story of creation for creation moments minute i'm darren
0: It takes 12 years to create a graduate. It takes about the same time to create a dropout. And at the end of the day, the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be you. Studies prove that reading to a child regularly dramatically improves reading skills. And kids who read well by third grade are four times as likely to graduate. So United Way is asking you to make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because when a child advances, we all advance. Communities improve. The path to success starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Be a reader, tutor or mentor. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org now. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council.
8: This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
5: Well that's gonna do it for yours truly until Wednesday morning. More gospel and Christian music. Should have done today. So then God bless you and have a wonderful week.
10: That put you on that cross and i'm sorry i don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore i ask you to forgive me and tonight i open my heart and i invite you into my life to be my savior and my lord i believe jesus you are the son of god I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight, Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of the you are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ, for God, on my testimony, and the belief in my heart, and according to your
11: friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? Tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. And cast yourself and upon his
4: mercy and upon his. voice encer...
8: One, two, one, two,
2: one,
3: two, one, two. This
2: is Jam Radio Network.